Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Do you want to learn an accent? Joining us today from his studio deep in the New Zealand jungle is Toby Ricketts. Toby works with the biggest brands all around the world, from Hollywood to London to Auckland, using a spectrum of accents to turn their creative vision into a reality and connect to a global audience. In addition to voicing, he also teaches voice talent. Toby owns and personally runs the New Zealand Voice Academy based in Auckland and is the Oceania Territory Controller for the online voiceover career platform Gravy for the Brain. Toby has previously joined us on Mission Audition talking about accents, and we're excited to have him here with us on Vox Talk to continue the conversation. Welcome to the show, Toby. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to have you on the show, Toby. You're just such a wealth of information, all the accents that you can do. And I know some of it's out of necessity living in New Zealand. Um, But Toby, just how many accents can you do? Well, it's a good question. I do five professional accents. So that's my my normal New Zealand that I'm talking with now. And there's a little bit of Australian that sometimes creeps in. That's another accent that I can do. Um, And then there's my British accent, which is probably my best-selling accent on the web. Um, then there's the standard American that you need to do in order to do the most jobs on the web. And then there's a kind of little bit of everywhere global accent, which you can't really place, um, which is getting more and more popular, with, uh, especially with corporates and stuff. Yeah. Right. The accent from nowhere, I think we called it mm. before in the podcast we did together in Mission Audition. And it was so much fun, like just to talk through all that. And thank you for doing those accents as you demonstrated what they were. I think that's really fun for people. Um, and obviously, like lots of people say, oh, I can do lots of accents, but really they can only do so many professionally. So you're working in those five accents professionally? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like to delineate definitely that uh, like I can do a bunch more accents because I'm a total accent nerd and I love listening to people's accents and trying to imitate them. But really, if you're going to like perform and earn money in one of these accents, it needs to be top notch. You need to be able to fool someone who lives in that country. Uh, that would be the yeah. test, eh? Oh, oh there's Absolutely. my little Canadian giveaway, my A. <laughs> um, so, but exactly, I guess you, you would have to be able to fool someone who lived there, and that is not easy. And so that was a question I did want to ask you, and you walked right into it. Um, but just how fluent should someone be? Like, and how do you know? I guess if you don't have a native speaker, you can bounce that off of. Um, how would you know if you've actually reached that goal of, of mastering the accent? Well, that is the the big challenge with accents is that it's one of those things that you know you can't see um, if you're if you're right inside it. You know, you do need that external view. Um, sometimes it will be you know um, working with a coach or someone who lives in that territory. So especially like if someone from outside the U.S. Um, is working in the American accent, they want to find an American dialect coach, of which there are many. It gets harder with the sort of more niche accents. But I kind of like this idea that um, you can find voiceover artists in another country and maybe kind of start pen pals with them. So you can actually like, you know, work in each other's accents and, and, and like find a buddy, if you like, uh, on the web. And, um, and then you can uh, form a relationship with them, send them audio and say like, where's my accent slipping up? And they can do the same with you. So like I, I kind of thought of that idea the other day and thought, oh, we should set up a kind of a buddy system. So we might look at something like that in Gravy for the Brain, I think, because that's a worldwide thing. And uh, trying to, to, to sort of connect people uh, across these accent lines so they can get better. That's really interesting to find a buddy. Like, I I really like that. And uh, I was just thinking about um, earlier myself when 
I think you had asked me something about Canadian accents, and I honestly couldn't think of anything other than we say out and about, and that usually gives us away. As soon as you hear the out and about, uh, or the A, as I kind of said earlier, um, but obviously, like, when you pick a buddy, you want to make sure that they are they have, like, the accent that you want to be mimicking, because I know that yeah. sometimes I, because I think we copy people a lot whenever we're near someone for a long time, even if they don't have our accent, we might pick things up, so, so like... Uh, I might think, oh, territory instead of territory, because I've been listening to mm. a lot of British people lately. Or, um, you know, I'll say things like that. And and so sometimes I wonder, do I really sound as Canadian or do I sound more American? Because I'll say process instead of process. And and it exactly. just like boggles my mind because I don't know if I sound more like I come from the Midwest United States or if I sound like an actual Canadian. But um, as we were talking about just before we got on, Toby, you, you said something interesting about how um, people from around the world might be able to tell that you were from Canada or the U.S. So and and also Australia and New Zealand. So how does that work? Yeah, it's a similar relationship. It's like we've, it's like Australia, New Zealand, and Canada and the US have got this, we've got a similar kind of relationship in terms of like there's a really big country with lots of people, and then there's like a little country off to the side. Everyone just assumes that you're the same country because you're kind of the little one. So with the Australian and New Zealand accents, there's a very subtle shift that goes on. I've just shifted into it now with Australian. Like it's just a, a little bit on the side there. And often when people try and do the Australian accent, they go all over the place and they're doing really big stuff like this. And like Australians will be like, oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> and like, if, you know, if, if, if people try and uh, imitate the uh, the Canadian accent, they're going to go about a boat like this. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, 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 it's hilarious. Like they do a caricature of the accent, you yeah. know, if you like, you know. So like I feel like the, the shift that goes on between New Zealand and Australia is very much like... Like the shift that goes on between American and Canadian. It's just a little tweak around the edges. And like no one else in the world notices except the people from those two countries. And they, it's like daylight to them. They're just like, wow, this is a totally different accent. Um, and there's this little stuff as well. Like it's, it's like you say, it's all the dialectical changes, like the A at the end of the sentence. And it's the same in New Zealand. We actually add A to the end of our sentences as well as a kind of a like a confirmation of like, did you hear me? Do we agree? Are we on the yeah. same page? You know, that kind of thing. Whereas it, they don't sort of tend to do that in Australia. So it's kind of one of those dead giveaways. Um, ah. But those little dialectical shifts and those like, like say process and process. And the big one that, that I always, um, that I was, I slipped up with a long time in American was, uh, in standard American was um, been versus been. Oh, yes. You know, yes, like yes. when you say, you know, I, I, I've, um, you know, I've been to the park. I've been to the park. Like it's, it, and it's like it, the the native speakers will pick that up instantly because they're like bean, what coffee bean, right? you know, <laughs> baked beans. You know, it's yeah. a, it, it stands out like crazy to them. Um, and I've had a, a few experiences in the booth where I've, I've been doing my you know, standard American accent and getting all these things recorded and everything, and then suddenly the kind will say, "Hang on, hang on, hang on." Round here, we don't say bean. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, I've literally had that from a client that said, you know, that in that accent. So um, so there's a lots of little things that that, uh, that that you need to kind of get on top of. But to start with, if you're like learning an accent, just start with the big stuff. Go caricature. Find that feeling in, in your mouth and, you know, take it there, I think. Brilliant idea. You know, just find mm. something that feels comfortable. Like I'm just thinking back to some singing days. It was always easier for me to sing in French or Italian than it was for me to mm. sing in German. And when I sang mm. in German, my like jaw, my, my chin felt different. Like it just had a different mm. feeling, right? Like it's just a, a way of pronouncing the words. And and then, but everything else, you know, difference between a Romance language and a Germanic language, perhaps. But yeah. there was definitely something going on where it's like this felt German, for instance. Or, yes, Or this absolutely. feels like I'm, you know, the French, the more uvular and the what whatnot, right? 
So um, that being said, so if you're living somewhere in the world, let's say you are a North American, because a lot of people listening are in North America, that we do have some people all over the world. And I want to say hello to our friends in Egypt. I know there are some of you listening today. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like if you're from North America and you are an English speaker, like how I am speaking right now, um, what would be the best accent for us to learn as like a second accent, if you will? Like if we're Mm. English as a first language... Um, you know, like what is a way that or which accent might we gravitate to more than others and be able to do so because we're just more trained to speak that way? Mm, absolutely. I feel like um, with for, for North American talent or people with that kind of accent, um, there's there's accents that are kind of have a similar rhotic R, like the Irish accent has like that kind of R sound as well, like the, the R in American as well. Mm-hmm. So like that already there's a few similarities and it might be just tweaking those other things, like the kind of uh, thing you get in Irish, which is that kind of nice, you know, uh, uh, poetry and uh, music you get with the accent. There's less to learn there rather than going to South African or something like that, where it's very, very different from the the R's that you get uh, in America. Um, And so, so like pivoting to an accent that's kind of similar I feel like is quite it's a lot easier like from to go from New Zealand um to Australian um it's just those few little shifts you know to to do that so that might be something is to go Irish but then you know if it depends why you want to learn the accent if it is to try and get more work then it's a good idea to see how much work is out there for different accents and that's like what I did you know a number of years ago when I wanted to expand my sort of voiceover career, I was like, where is all this work? How, how, you know, what do people want that are hiring the most voices? And, you know, over, overwhelmingly, it was um, North American accent. That is where most of the online casting um, happens. So, you know, it's a case of learning that really good um, standard American accent. Um, and then you've got the most shot at all of these, uh, the, these jobs that are going there. And if you're already in North America, then it's kind of like look at where the other niches are, the biggest niches. It might be a slightly Spanish accent, um, like, you know, English is a second language kind of Spanish or, um, or it would be or maybe British or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you could uh, go, go for that. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a case of what you want to achieve out of it. Because uh, if it's another party accent, as I call them, you know, non-professional accent is a party mm-hmm. accent, um, uh, then, then you know, it's the world is your oyster, really. You know, pick yourself a challenge or go for something close, close to home. Right. You can be a collector of accents. I know some people are collectors yeah. of like other people's voices, like they'll do impressions and <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah. but it seems like we found our little conversation in in the uh, the accent world. So um, I love that. Like it's it definitely the Irish lilt. I think it's a lilt, mm. L-I-T, yep. L-I-L-T, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, or there's a Scottish brogue, which would be different <laughs> and harder, you know, like more of <laughs> yeah. a, 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 you know, different. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be a nice uh, accent. And I'm sure there's some work definitely, but but you did, mm. you hit the nail on the head. There is a lot of work for people with the North American kind of neutral accent on voices, like, you know, a lot of work actually goes that way. So when you're training mm. people, I'm sure you have that in mind when you're thinking, well, what kind of work is available out in the market? And, and how can I help my students to, um, you know, learn these accents and do them really well so they're competitive? Yeah, absolutely. And put them to use out there in the, in the big wide world because, uh, you know, there's, there's like I said, there are party accents and it's great to go to parties and like show that you can do accents. It's always really entertaining. Like I've done a bunch on this on this podcast, like uh, like doing my Irish show, hoity toity fiddly dee potato. <laughs> and there's a Scottish one as well. It comes out sometimes, but like it's 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 quite hard to establish those accents and to really get into it. Um, mm. But um, like, are they useful? Like uh, there's not many people that want me to, to go straight into Scottish, but at, at parties, 
great fun. Oh, yeah. I say you'd be the life of the party there, Toby. You bring all those accents and have a great time. So that's yeah. awesome. So I know that we were talking a bit earlier about how you are in New Zealand. But for those who don't know, you were actually born in England, right? And then that's you right. moved yeah. to Australia yep. or to New Zealand, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I was um, 14 years old, I moved out here right at that crux point where you're going from like your primary school to like secondary school or high school. And uh, there's lots of social pressure. And uh, so I, I basically conformed to the accent within about two weeks of arriving. So I'd like, I, I got off the boat, like little, little English boy go, going to school. <laughs> and then, um, so whenever I said something funny, the class would be like, ah, did he hear what he said? He said something funny, you know, as, as kids do. And so it was very much a, a conform or die um, situation. Oh, wow. So um, I, I kind of learned that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But um, that, that meant that I basically switched accents within about two weeks and, was, was, and, and it would get honed every day I'd go to school. But when I spoke to my relatives back in England on the phone, I'd switch straight back into the, into the British accent. And I didn't even realize I was doing it until my parents pointed it out. So I kind of always knew I had this, um, this ability to kind of switch and hear accents. Because I think that's a big thing as well, is that there are, there's a spectrum where people sit on how much you even hear accents. Mm-hmm. Because my sister, who, uh, who came over exactly the same, two years older than me, um, and she has not changed her accent one bit. She sounds like she just got off the boat yesterday, and she doesn't hear accents at all in, in, in anyone. Like, you can say, oh, what do you think of the accent? And she's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? So um, the same way that I don't, hear, um, I don't hear lyrics and songs, I'm one of those people where I sit down to listen to a song, and um, I... I'm completely oblivious to what the lyrics are. I'm always listening just for the music. Um, and then my partner has to point out what, what, what the lyrics are. And I have to really concentrate to hear it. And some people, I think, are like that, that they experience the world through accents and they hear every little detail like I do. And some just don't hear it at all. So figuring out where you are on that spectrum and how much like of an accent nerd you are, I think, helps um, in, in terms of learning accents, like how easy it'll be to adopt these accents. Yeah, you've got to have yeah. an ear for it, but also like just yeah. a desire to do it. And it's it's kind of... Like, yeah, like yeah, you can pick them up probably easier than most people. There's definitely mm. a skill to it and an innate ability, I would think, because um, it's hard to just pick up accents of all kinds, you know? They're they're stylistically different. They, they're in a different placement in your face. Um, you know, there's different timing even with or intonation, depending on where you are in the world. Like, you know, if you're speaking, uh, you know, you raise your tone, then all of a sudden the word changes. Whoa, like how did yeah, that happen? Like in some exactly. of the Asian languages. So you have to be yeah. thinking about that, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, and perhaps absolutely. in future we might tackle some of the accents that I am less familiar with and, and people working in uh, English as a second language, but trying to uh, like get work in, in English is hard, I would imagine. And, uh, unless there are jobs that are calling for that. So um, it's like just there's so much to talk about here. Um, but when you do come from somewhere uh, like a smaller country like New Zealand or you're South African or, or wherever you might be, but you speak English, um, you really do have to adopt and learn these other accents to be like working in voiceover, I would think. Is that right? Um, pretty much. I mean, if you want to make a full-time living out of it as an online voiceover artist, it is getting um, easier in other countries as the kind of you know online voice marketplaces spread um, and video production companies kind of realize that there is a that there's an online alternative where lots of people are sort of hanging out. But like in the meantime, like I um, I, I not only like the challenge of working um, with uh, with different accents, but the fact that you get to meet all these people from around the world and do these this work in these different markets is um, it keeps it very fresh and. Uh, and exciting as well. Like I love hearing about what's going on in, in these different countries. Um, and like I say, like the the North American is the, is the real the key market to get because I mean, like on Voices.com, I think it's about you know eighty percent of the work there is um, is, is you know cast in a North American accent. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that that's that that would be the best option is to is to go with the North American and then branch out into sort of specific accents. I mean, I also I say a North American accent. Like if you say an American accent, you're talking about a collection of accents. You know, you're talking about hundreds of different dialectical and and diff- differences from East Coast to West Coast, the Middle to North to South, um, and then all the like counties and and, and small places within mm. that. Um, there is, of course, you know, with with the big accents, these kind of the big countries, the big markets, there is always the standard accent. Like in America, it's Gen Am or the standard American, which is the sort of voice of broadcasting. In, in England, it's RP. Um, it's called received pronunciation, which the BBC has always sort of used. Um, and and you'll find that there is like a there is like a standard for broadcasting in certain countries. And so it's good to like watch TV from that country, um, figure out you know how they're speaking in adverts. Um, and it's not too diverse, and it's you know, and try and nail those accents before you get into the sort of really specific uh, nitty gritty about you know different 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 areas. But that's also really fun. Yeah, well, the neutral or the standard accents are definitely the ones that you would want to learn first uh, because there's far more opportunity, frankly, in trying to do work in those accents. I, I think I seem to recall there being a, a saying that if you were in the middle of London, in London and England, and you were to you know hear the church bells tolling in different parts of the street in the neighborhoods, you would have different accents wherever those church bells were. And so you could, like, you'd have, like, your Cockney, you'd have any number of different things that are happening out there. And and perhaps, I don't know if that still is true now as it was then, where you did have a, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, But this, like, it's, you just have to be aware of of the uh, opportunities out there, but also think, like, what do I want to do? You know, what do I enjoy doing? Because... If you were to book an audiobook or something like that, you'd have to do this accent for like 12 hours. Like, can I get through this? Do I like it? Does it hurt my face? Like, I mean, honestly, mm. right? Like, because that's one of mm. the things that when I would sing in different languages, like in a given language, it would affect my face differently. And it's like, oh, like I know I'm doing the pronunciation right because something is hurting in my face. <laughs> so that's how I would know. I don't know if that's the best way to know. Obviously, there are diction coaches and that kind of thing who can tell you if you're on the right track. Um, but it, it just seems to me that there's a ton of opportunity for people, um, North American in general, that kind of accent that sounding like you're from mm. North America is great. Um, I know that the British accent is very popular too. A lot mm-hmm. of, I would think there's a lot more work in, in the British accent than there is in, say, Aussie accents or or the Kiwi accent. Um, mm. But like you were saying earlier that the accent, I guess, that is the most bookable for you so far as that's concerned um, was like, uh, I guess, the British accent. Was was that right? You said that you do really well with, with earning in that category, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, the, the British is my most authentic voice, maybe because I was born there, because I've got sort of, you know, ties back to there. Um, and, uh, and I found that there was kind of a really, a really rich seam of work, you know, in that British accent um, with a certain kind of uh, gravitas, a certain kind of character that I brought to the read that wasn't maybe represented as well as other uh, sort of characters, if you like, in the market, because you know, you know, everyone thinks that there's character voicing, and then there's you know, voiceover, you know, commercial voicing, and it's not exactly, to, you know, it's a spectrum. Every voiceover is a character. It just depends what you're playing. Even if it's a straight voiceover, quote unquote, there, there's a character element to it about how much gravitas you, how much prosody, um, all this stuff going on behind the scenes that kind of gives the listener the cues for what kind of you know character this is, who's telling me this information, and do I believe them? Um, so, like. I feel like there's there's the accent is kind of one of those uh, foundations you can build that kind of character on, um, and again this gives you so much flexibility in the marketplace if you can kind of start to build these straight voiceover characters 
Um, once you've once you've got your authentic voice down, and this is like how I talk, this is me talking, then start to branch out and thinking, how could I modify myself? What would I sound like if I was, you know, this person or born in this country or aiming at this market? Um, and so accent is a big part of that. And then once you start adding the layers of, of, of prosody and, uh, and, and pace and all of those other things that we bring to voiceover, you can start to get a really unique flavor that isn't represented necessarily in the marketplace. And I think it's just trying different things until you hit that nice seam of voice work in that character that everyone wants but isn't served that well by the market. Wow, yeah. that, that's insightful. And, and I didn't tell you about this question because I just thought of it now. Um, but it occurred to me that uh, I, I'm not sure if anyone, maybe a listener out there remembers hearing the episode we recently did with James Poulter from Vixen Labs. Um, but we were talking about AI and voice and how um, there's like AI technology for voices becoming so good that they can actually take someone's voice and make them speak languages they don't actually speak. In wow. this, I know it's crazy, and so I'm just wondering, like, if that same idea were or the concept were to be applied to accents, and if your voice, mm -hmm. because of the AI algorithm or whatever, is able to learn how to have that voice speak in other accents, like, what would the things be, Toby, that the AI <laughs> would get wrong? I would love to know this. What Ooh. would it not know it should do um, to be authentic when trying to take a, a voice and make it do an accent? Yeah, well, I think what you definitely get, and we get this with New Zealand all the time because we've got these really strange little, um, uh, like we have these vowel shifts, they're called. So instead of like, um, you know, uh, a the, the sharp thing you, you sew with, a, a, a pin, we'd say a pin, a pin, a pin, like that. So it's, so it's, it really flattens all these vowels. And so like uh, there's like when you talk about um, pegs to hang out your washing with, we say pigs, which sounds oh. like pigs, mm -hmm. which is a complete different word. So especially for short words where there's only one vowel, in some accents, you change the vowel, you change the word. So, you know, it's got to be contextual because often, like, I, I, I transcribe a lot of the, uh, the interviews and stuff I do on my, um, my VO Life um, interview channel. Um, and it often gets all of these things wrong. So I have to manually go through and change all of these things of whether they've actually changed a word because of that, that, that subtle vowel shift. But I think you're right. And in the, uh, I did a little bit of research for this episode, and there is a, it's an AI startup which is actually um, for call centers um, because a lot of them are based in the sort of Indian subcontinent and, and, and Southeast Asia. And the accent thing can be difficult for people to understand sometimes. So they're actually, um, they've got this real-time plugin which can sit between the caller and the, uh, the person listening and change the accent so it's more, it's, it, you know, so, so it suits the person listening a little bit better. Wow, that is wild. Mm. Yeah, because I thought, well, this technology is definitely happening. It's going places. But mm. there are certain nuances, um, just like there are like with the spoken word, with accents, with language, with culture, with any number of different things that the AI will not pick up on because it just it can't know all of that. Whereas the human beings, as we are, <laughs> yeah, I know we are, um, would say that, you know, we, we have this wealth of knowledge that we can pull on, be it an experience we've had or um, how we grew up, um, the, the mm. country we live in, it, its mm. history, the way we interact with others, whatever just so much more that we have at our disposal um, for inserting into how to say something or, or even mm. how to, to present or how to phrase, you know, in an mm. accent. Because I'm sure there are ways um, of phrasing, like turning a phrase when you speak with an accent that would just fall completely like flat if you don't do them correctly. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of error correction that goes on from the listening as well. You know, um, language is entirely contextual. So, you know, you can start a sentence and think it's going one way, but then it changes due to one word or something, you know, even just the, the, the way we speak. Like, are we asking a question or are we asking a question? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the question versus statement thing is, is very big. Um, and like, I feel, I mean, AI is definitely not there yet in terms of, um, you know, picking up really contextually what people are talking about and then modifying what it thinks you're saying into those kind of things. But I think the way we've seen uh, AI image creation go um, and the neural networks they're using for that, where it's entirely contextual, I feel like in five to 10 years, that is going to apply itself into the voiceover space as well. And AI will suddenly get really good at this kind of stuff, which is a bit scary, but uh, it is coming. So we just have to sort of... uh, ride that wave and see what happens. Right. And while we're doing mm. that, we had better sharpen up our accents. So, Toby, <laughs> I know you are a teacher, um, but you also know of likely some resources that you could point us toward for accent development. So um, if someone's just trying to figure all this out today and they're like, oh, my gosh, Toby Ricketts has completely inspired me. I'm going to go learn something. Um, where do you recommend they go? Well, um, if you like we were talking about, if you can't find a buddy somewhere in the world and you really want to learn an accent from, I don't know, sub-Saharan Africa or something, you know, something really obscure, there's this website called dialectsarchive.com. And it's basically a, a massive recording of all these people from around the world reading the same script, um, which has been compiled over the years. So dialectsarchive.com is fantastic. Um, there's, of course, YouTube is a massive resource. There's so much content on there, more than you could ever watch in 100 lifetimes. Um, There are some great channels. Um, There was a a channel called Accents with Amy, uh, which was really good. Amy Walker. And she is an absolute, you know, yeah, she's an absolute genius when it comes to accents and very entertaining. So watch her stuff. Eric Singer did a series um, with Wired, all about accents and different Mm -hmm. dialects, etc. So that's another good place to start on YouTube is looking up um, Eric Singer. Um, I've actually taken the liberty of putting together like a resources page for listeners on uh, Vox here today. So um, we'll put that link in the description, um, but it's also on my website, tobyricketsvoiceover.com slash Vox. And there's PDFs there. Um, I've, I've included a thing called uh, lexical sets, oh. which are basically where you've got, uh, you've got the same vowel sounds. And um, let me just load it up here. You've got the same vowel sounds and you can practice accents really easily. Um, let me just, sorry, I'll just, I thought I'd had it loaded here, but I don't. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so these lexical sets will, will let you really practice accents um, incredibly well. Um, and we've also on that, um, sorry. <laughs> there we go. And um, yeah, also uh, we have um, a, a script which includes all the different vowel sounds um, so that you can actually practice a script that goes through all the different vowel sounds when you're learning a new accent. Um, so that you're, you know, able to practice that accent and get those vowel sounds just right. So, yeah. That's amazing, Toby. Thank you so much for those resources. And we will be linking to them in the show notes. And um, if there are any celebrities that you think are actually really great at doing an accent, um, just because they've worked Mm. hard, like, can you give us an example of someone who's, who's really good at doing accents? Yeah, I mean, there's a few individual performances, definitely, which I think like show the level of detail they've gone into. Um, Brad Pitt did a great job in the Guy Ritchie film, where he plays this um, this Irish like boxing uh, coach, like a uh, the, and uh, he just does such a good job on the accent and the dialect. You basically can't understand him because he's doing the accent so well. 
like those Gaelic accents, Scottish especially, becomes a different language at some point where you can't actually understand what they're saying. And he does a fantastic job in that. And then there's other there's, there's other sort of American slash British um, performers who who transition just seamlessly between the two, like Gillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a video on YouTube of her seamlessly going between her British and American accents. And it just... The key to accents is it should absolutely sound effortless and natural. Like it should just appear that the person is, you know, is is becoming that accent. It lives there all the time, and that's what those those uh, those movie stars um, do when they're doing these performances. It, it is effortless. Effortless, and that's where that yeah. whole idea of being fluent comes in. And and like mm. you know, it's kind of like. If you had to, you could just on a dime do the accent and it wouldn't fall out. I know there there are movies out there, we won't name them, but where actors will come in and out of their accent and it's like painful. Um, But you're just like, oh, you know, the dialect coach is probably crying in a corner somewhere. But anyway, (laughs) I'm just thinking like as they're sitting there watching all of this happen, um, like there's there's so many examples out there. And you're absolutely right. There are some that are just really great ones that you should absolutely go to dialectsarchive.com to hear native speakers. Um, mm. The actors that you've mentioned and those roles that they've played, um, I'm sure someone, if they've seen the film, they probably know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but Toby, like, I want to ask you now, so if someone wants to follow up with you, uh, how do mm. they learn more about what you're doing and, and what, uh, sorry, and how can they get a hold of you? Sure thing. I mean, my uh, professional voiceover site is at uh, tobyricketsvoiceover.com. You can hear samples and ads I've done of, uh, in all those different kinds of accents and a little bit more about the training and what I do. Um, as we mentioned at the start, I'm also a territory controller and um, sort of chief of Oceania for Gravy for the Brain, which is uh, like a worldwide online voiceover career platform where you can learn any kind of stuff. And also, if you are if you happen to be in Oceania um, and want to do an in-person course, I run the New Zealand Voice Academy, which also has resource on it, resources on it uh, for people to, to learn how to do accents as well as, you know, do voiceovers and perform uh, anything like that as well. So, yeah, thank you. Fabulous. I love it. And I always love talking to you, Toby. You're just such a joy. So thank (laughs) you, Toby. Cool. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying this episode with us on accents and how to learn. Our special guest today was Toby Ricketts from the wilds, the jungles of New Zealand. For those of you who are not in New Zealand, I want you to know that you can study with Toby too. You don't have to live there. You don't have to be in Auckland. Um, So as he had mentioned, you can go to his website. We've got a bunch of links there in the show notes for you to enjoy and to learn these accents, get some good resources. Uh, And I think that's our show for today. So for Voices, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. Our producer is Jeff Bremner. You've been listening to Vox Talk. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.